This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So, discussing today uh, chapter 6. Chapter 6 of Echot Deot. And the first thing he discusses is peer pressure. You know, there's different parts to the system of how people are influenced. So one of the one of the main ways is through peer pressure. We learn from our peers. So that's what Rambam tells us straight away in the first halacha, and that is a person, in a normal way, naturally. And uh, this is something which he refers to derech briato, the way a person is created. So we're created in a way that we are influenced by those around us the most. So our friends, our families. And then people around us in the surroundings, so our neighbors, that, those are things that really influence us the most. And therefore, he says, a person should be very careful on the society that we keep. A person should stay around people who are righteous, people who are wise, in order to learn from their deeds. And a person should keep away from people who are going the opposite direction, in order not to learn from their deeds. And so it's a very, very important rule this idea that we are influenced by those around us. Very, very important rule. Um, but there's other, other, obviously there's other th- factors as well, but this is one of the major factors is people around us who influences us. Who, Sheshlomo Omer, that's what King Solomon says, those who walk with the wise will get wiser. And those who wander around with the fools will get foolish. And similarly, King David says in the first Pasuk in Tehilim, Praise the person who doesn't go with the ways of the wicked. And do not go with the walk in the ways of the sinners. And does not sit in the place of the scorners. So those are the first words of the, can you imagine, the first, first book of first uh, verses in Psalms. First verses in Psalms is David Amelech is talking about the praises of a person who does not mix with the wrong crowd. Does not mix with the wrong crowd. So we see how important it is. It's the first, actually, first verse. Imagine. So therefore, then the Rambam continues. He tells us, what about if you're living in a place where they have bad traits, they have bad uh, customs? Uh, so what happens? He says, go to a place, move to a different place. Very simple. Move. Because the person should choose the society they live in very carefully. The person should choose the town they live in very carefully. So a person should choose where you live, um, the community you belong to, by the uh, quality of the people. So interesting. And a person should move to a place which is more righteous. So the opposite of what Lot did, right? Lot leaves Abraham, and he goes to Saddam. So the opposite. Instead of Lot going and sticking to Abraham, if he knew, he goes, leaves Abraham, and he goes to Saddam. He goes to the wrong place. So this is the wrong behavior. We see what happened to Lot. Unfortunately, tragic that two of his daughters got uh, killed, and other two daughters were, well, can't even go to it, so disgusting. So the other two daughters. Okay, so that's what happens a lot. Why? Because he went to the wrong locality, and his locality was destroyed eventually. Terrible. So it's very important where we live, a person lives, uh, who their neighbors are, who their friends are. It's critical, and especially for our children, especially for our children. And uh, a person going to be very careful which yeshiva you send your kids to, Sometimes the yeshiva doesn't work out. The kids are getting spoiled. Sometimes the kids are getting turned off. You've got to take them out straight away. You can't leave them there. Uh, I see it. I see it around us. Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a certain yeshiva where I've never seen any successful kids come out of that yeshiva. A single one. It's a disaster. You're paying fortunes for that yeshiva tuition and nothing comes out of it. So if our kids get they turned turn off, off they get turned off, right. don't even believe in God. They come out not believing in God. You imagine four years of yeshiva high school, they come out with zero interest in Judaism, zero belief in God, and zero interest in keeping any mitzvot. It's hard to imagine, right? And the, kids, the parents are paid for this. So it's very, very important. A person's got to know where you send your kids, what kind of kids are there, what influences are. And this is very, very critical. Human behavior, we, we follow the, the herd. Most people just follow the herd. So you're in a herd, and you just follow the herd. Most people don't even think. They just follow the herd. So we have to, the person is, number one, is choose a good herd. That's number one. Choose where you live. Choose the people you mix with. Choose the crowd your, your children are mixing with. So it's very, very critical, especially today, especially today where people just keep moving around. People are just wandering around. Huh? Is this place in New Jersey? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeshiva? Yeah. 
I'm not going to comment on any names, but if you talk to me privately, I'll tell you what I think. But again, it's past your time, past my time. But for the people who are just thinking of going to high schools, they should look into them, check. Look around, see what the products are. Who are the products? Who are the local products? And see who the products are. So it's a terrible turnoff. Terrible turnoff. So if, uh, if the, all the countries are the same, Rama says, just like our, di- our days. It's amazing Rama over here. Rama is talking historically. Historically, all the countries are bad. There's not a single good country to live in. I mean, the Rambam knew because he lived in Spain, he got thrown out. He lived in Morocco, got thrown out. He lived in Israel, six months, didn't last. He left, they moved to uh, Egypt. Uh, all the societies are rotten. But he had the guts to write this down. He had the guts to question. <laughs> he's alive, he's writing down. Like the countries in our time. If they're all not good, like the countries in our times, or it's, it's impossible to go to a better place, because of the dangers of the way, of the way, or because of sickness, but should stay home alone. But if they're so evil, they wouldn't let him sit alone, and they wanted to mix with them, and they wanted to be like them. He should go into the desert. He says, but he should not live with evil people. Amazing. Look at that. How strict. This is a very, this is not moderate. This is, a middle, this is not middle of the road. Normally, the Rambam is very middle of the road. When it comes to who you mix with, Rambam is very extreme because he knows the consequences of mixing with bad. Mad people, bad influences, and it infiltrates through osmosis. But that's interesting. So, one of the key factors is peer pressure, but obviously, there's other factors as well. Um, I think we, just, we did discuss it. Uh, previously, mm-hmm. we talked about genetics, how a person is influenced by the genetics, and we talked about how a person, I think this is right at the beginning of the Rambam in the Chodeot, we talked about how a person gets these factors from learning, a person can learn certain things, certain attributes from books, and uh, obviously from people as well. So there's different ways of, of getting influenced, obviously. Today, the, one of the best ways is the media. The media knows how to influence. Hollywood is the biggest influence on people around the world, which is a disaster. Right. Violence and other things that you can't even talk about. So it's a disaster. Instead of being good influences, and one day they'll have to give a judgment on it. God will take them in judgment. All these movie directors yeah. would like to be a movie director, and actors and actresses, and all this garbage uh, that goes on around us that influence people. And the sports heroes, our sports heroes, uh, so-called sports heroes. Okay, so that's number one. Number one is who you mix with is very important, number one. So, number two is the mitzvah from the Torah. There's a mitzvah in the Torah to cling to the wise and their students in order to learn from their deeds. As it says, you will cling to God. How can you cling to God? That's Ramam's question. Is it possible to cling to God? That's what the rabbi said in the, in the commentary of this Mishnah. If you can't cling to God, at least cling to those who know God. Perhaps should try his best to marry the daughter of a Tamil Hacham and marry his daughter off to a Tamil Hacham. And to eat a drink with the rabbis, to do business with them, and cling to them in all kinds of, of clinging, as it says, cling to him. This is what the rabbis commanded us. And they said, cling to the earth of their feet and drink with thirst the words of their speech. So uh, this is a prikavot. But you should sit at their feet and drink their, drink their words. So a very important idea. The idea of learning as much as possible and clinging to those who know. This way you can learn more. And in those days, that was the only way you could learn. There were no books in those days. The oral law was not written down. So what do you do? You follow the rabbi around. Oh boy. It's called shimush. Shimush means serving the rabbi. So, it's, uh, so the Gemara says, uh, what's the definition of Amaretz? What's the definition of an ignorant person? A person who learned and learned and learned but did not serve the rabbi. Which means he has, doesn't have to practically apply the learnings. He has the theory but doesn't have the practice. So in those days, the only way to know practice was by observing. So we have all sorts of weird stories in the Talmud how the student follows the rabbi into the bathroom. <laughs> Leave me alone! But it's Torah, I need to know! He follows under his bed, he's hiding under his bed! What are you doing over here? Get out of here! It's disgusting! But it's Torah, I need to know! These things were not written down. Today they're written down. Shulchan tells us. There's nothing, there's nothing left to the imagination today. 
Everything's written down. But at one time, Torah is not written down. So what do you do? You follow a guy who knows what he's doing and try and copy what he's doing. You understand what's going on? So that's a very... Today, we don't have to, thank God, we don't have to go to that extreme because everything's written down. We just have to study it. But the trouble is people don't study it. That's the trouble. People don't know these laws exist, how to behave in a, in a bathroom. Which way do you face? Do you face north, east, south? Which way do you face? The truth is today it doesn't matter. Why? As long as you have walls around you, have no problem. The problem is in those days, they were in the fields. You can't face between east and west. You can't face the temple. Suppose in those days that uh, com- you know, complicated halachot. Which hand do you use to clean yourself in? All sorts of laws. It's very important we should know these laws. The small things which have big impacts. There's small things which have big impacts. So uh, these are small things, but they have big impacts. Because the number one is a person can't pray unless they're clean. The body has to be clean. It's very important to be clean. Hygiene is very, very critical for Jew. Hygiene is very critical. We know that one of the ways the Inquisition found the Moranos was the person was too clean. <laughs> it's a sign he was Jewish. Right, think about it. The first thing the Christians did when they conquered the uh, Muslim Spain was they destroyed all the bathhouses. A person took frequent baths. They have a list of how to find the find secret Jews, Marmots. One of the leaves a list frequent bats. Person takes frequent bats, suspect. He's not Christian. Christians have to be dirty. That was in those days. Until they learned hygiene. But uh, and they blamed us for the black plague. We have to go talk about it. It's terrible. Okay. So okay, so that's basically okay, so that's basically it. Very important. Peer pressure is very important. Who we hang out with is very important. Who you mix with is very important. The influences in your house are very important. Now we come to the mitzvah of Ve'ahavta L'Recha Kamocha. Oh, this is beautiful. It's very topical. Today is a fast of Gedalia. And the fast of Gedalia is unfortunate because Gedalia was a big tzaddik who was appointed by Nebuchadnezzar. When Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the first temple, he took a lot of the Jews, that the, the top echelons of the Jewish people, the smart guys, the nobility, into Babylon. And he left everyone else behind. And he put Gedalia Gedalia in charge of them. So Gedalia is in charge. He is the regent appointed by Nebuchadnezzar um, in Israel to control Israel on behalf of Nebuchadnezzar to collect the taxes. And uh, Gedalia lasted two months. Why? Another Jew kills him. Ishmael ben Netanyahu comes along, says this guy is a traitor, invites him to a party, and he kills him in the party. Kills Gedalia. Gedalia lasted two months. Some people say he died on Rosh Hashanah, some people died on the second of whatever, first day, second day, third day, is a big discussion. Which day did he die? Obviously, we can't fast on Rosh Hashanah, so we fast today. So, we have, what, are we, what are we fasting for? Because a Jew killed a Jew. A Jew killed a Jew. And not only did he kill a Jew, he was a Jew who was a tzaddik. And number two, he killed a Jew who was the head of Israel. And then all the Jews had to run away. They all ran away because of fear of Nebuchadnezzar. And they took Yirmiyahu, the prophet, with them into Mitzrayim. They ran away to Egypt. And disaster over there. Yirmiyahu, poor Yirmiyahu dies in Egypt. Terrible. Egypt. Terrible. Yeah. So a terrible, terrible death over there. And that's, uh, that was the end of the first commonwealth. That was the end of the first commonwealth. That's why we are. Anyway, so that's why it's a bit to love each and every Jew like a person loves their own body. It's a very important Rambam over here. Discuss the mitzvah after Recha Mocha. You know, you cannot discuss character traits without discussing love of a fellow Jew. Why? Because that's the point. That's the point. What are we trying to do? What, what, what is all our character traits trying to do? And the answer is trying to be generous, trying to give chesed. You have to know, chesed, the Torah does not say anything about being a man of chesed. Where does the, person, where does the Torah say you have to do chesed? And the answer is, ve'ahavta l'reacha kamocha is the key of all chesed. You have to know that. That's the Rambam's opinion. That's Rambam's opinion. We're going to see. He brings us down laws of mourning. The key to all acts of kindness is the ve'ahavta l'reacha kamocha. And Be'afta Lerecha Kamocha is one of the general rules. Rabbi Akiva says, Zeklal Gadol Torah. It's one of the general rules of the Torah. Anyway, so Rabbi says, Mitzvah kol Adam, kol echad Israel. Every Jew has got to love his fellow man, Kagufo, like his own body. Therefore, so now, how do you love someone else? What do you do? How do you love someone else just like you love yourself? Number one, Number one is say good things about them. Always talk good about other people. Always say good things about other people. That's number one. It's so hard to do. Because by nature, we want to knock other people. This way we make ourselves look good. <clears throat> by nature, we don't want other people to look good. It's very hard to have a rival with you in the same building. It's very hard to have uh, someone else over there you have to get along with. A partner, uh, a colleague. 
and uh, talk nice about them all the time. It's so hard. So when uh, the boss comes in, how's your thing? There's always someone says bad about the other guy, the other someone says bad about the other guy, and this way they want to push themselves forward. It's so hard not to be like that. It's so hard not to be like that. Number one is to say good things about each other. That's number one. Number two, lachus al which is to worry about loss of their money, just like you worry about loss of your money. Uh, in those days, you had these cars with lights on. The guy left his headlights on. Go tell him your headlights are on. Why is he's gonna, his battery's going to go? That's a loss of money. So loss of money, person's going to warn them. Um, but there's a deer in your yard. He's eating up all your all your uh, roses or whatever it is. You got to tell them uh, you're losing money. You got to worry about the loss of their money. Just like you're concerned about the loss of your money, you got to be concerned about the loss of their money. It's interesting. Suppose just like they worry about their own welfare, they got to worry about the person's, their neighbor's welfare. Just like you like other people to honor you, you have to honor others. Just like you like other people to honor you, you should love others and honor them as well. So this is so hard to do. It's very easy to say and so hard to do, to talk good always about people, to give other people honor and give them respect and, uh, and uh, to look after the loss of their money. A person who gets honor through someone else's disgrace. <coughs> Look at this harsh language over here. Loses their portion in the world to come. A person makes, says, you know what? I like this person when he makes a mistake. And everyone laughs. And I'm, I look good. He's getting, he's getting pleasure out of it. He says, there's no portion of the world to come. Lose their portion of the world to come. It's hard. Well, it's a very harsh statement. So it just shows how hard it is. So a person shouldn't rejoice when someone else has fallen. What does the Torah say? Shalom Melech says, when your neighbor, when your enemy falls, don't be happy. Even your enemy falls, don't be happy. So love your fellow Jew. Love your fellow Jew. Very topical. Okay, what's next? Okay, I love my fellow Jew. Now what? Loving a convert. Who comes to shelter under the wings of the Shekhinah. This is the analogy we talked about yesterday. The parasha talks about that Kanesher Yairikino, just like uh, an eagle. Hashem is compared to an eagle. Al Gozalab Yerachef. So it says, the eagle sits on its young and, mm-hmm. and hovers over its young. So Hashem is compared to the eagle, obviously. Don't take it literally. It's not literal. It's a metaphor. Just like the eagle looks after its young, Hashem looks after us. So a converse compared to coming under the wings of Hashem. Coming under the wings of the Shekhinah, wings of the eagle of God. So that's a beautiful analogy. The convert comes to shelter under the wings of God. And we have a mitzvah, the Jews have a mitzvah to love their convert. In fact, there's two positive commandments. So number one is because he's a Jew. So there's a mitzvah to love a fellow Jew. And number two is because there's a convert. The Torah says, you will love the convert. We have to do the Isn't that amazing? So a person marries a convert, boy, they've got a double job. They've got to be really, make sure they don't hurt their feelings. It's oh, so hard. Can't hurt their feelings. You got to make sure you love them. Because you get double mitzvah for loving a convert. <laughs> person marries a convert. You got to double, love them. Double. You get double mitzvah for loving them. So I'm loving you because you're a fellow Jew. I'm loving you because you're a convert. So what's the idea? What's going on over here? So interesting. There's five different kinds of love mentioned in the Torah. Let's see if I can remember all these five kinds. So the Torah discusses love. The order of discussing love in the Torah is very interesting because the Torah does not mention love so much later on in Breshi. The first time it mentions love is. I'll give you a clue. We just read about it in Rosh Hashanah. Take your son, your only son, the one you love. The Midrash says, Take your son. Avram says, I've got two sons. Yechidecha, your only son. He says, I've got two only sons. Each one is the only sons. Each one from one mother, one mother. Asher Hafta, the one you love. Because I love them both. Editzak. Take your time. So that's the first time the Torah mentions love. It's interesting. It's not mentioned the concept of Cain and Hevel. It's not, obviously, they didn't love each other, killed each other. Uh, it's not mentioned by Adam and Chaba. It says, Adam, Yadad Chaba, he knew his, his wife. It doesn't say he loved her. It's interesting. <coughs> Okay, so that's the first time. Where's the name number two? Who can tell me number two? Where does it say love in the Torah? Before that. 
It says Yitzhak took her into his mother's tent. Veha veha, and he loved her. Yitzhak does not sound like Mr. Romance over here. <laughs> <laughs> this idea of Yitzhak is very... You know, we have the wrong vision of Yitzhak. They're totally different. We have a wrong vision of Yitzhak. Yitzhak was the happiest person in the world. We have to understand that. Yitzhak was the happiest person in the world. How? His name was Yitzhak. Yitzhak means laughter. He made everyone laugh. His birth was a laughter. His, his, when they weaned him, it was a laughter. Everyone brought laughter to the world. How could this old lady, 90 years old, have a baby? Everyone's laughing. It's impossible. It's a joke. It's a joke. She calls his name Yitzhak because she laughed when she, Hashem says you're going to have a baby. <laughs> you joke her. How can you tell me I have a baby? She laughed. Hashem says, why do you laugh? Abraham laughed and she laughed. Yes. He, made, he made everyone laugh. He was, a, he was the happiest. How do we know he had to be happy? How do we know? Because it says, if you do it, Hashem b'simcha. Yitzhak represents Avodah. He was the korban. You can't be a korban and be crying. You can't be a korban and be unhappy. You're a korban who's unhappy, you're finished. You ruined the whole korban. The main avodah is the joy. The main avodah is joy. It's very hard, especially go through the holidays. You're spending a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. The person's unhappy. It's the worst. You're going to be happy doing it as well. That's the hard part. Cleaning for Pesach. You're going to do it with joy. The juxtaposition between the Torah's version of Akedat Yitzchak and Eitzharei Ratzon, because Eitzharei Ratzon, Yitzchak takes a major part in this whole thing. Obviously, he does. In uh, the Torah, it sounds like he's totally passive. Right, exactly. It's true. But obviously, it's impossible to be passive. Imagine, Daddy, where are we going? Come on, he's 37 years old. He, right, he looked like he was a little child. That's right. That's misconception. <laughs> he, was, he was a little child, but uh, he, was, he was 37 years old at the Akedah. And he went along with it, and he was willing, and he says, Daddy, tie me tight. I don't know, you know, I don't know if you pass over here. Make, make sure you do a good job. I'm, I'm willing to be your uh, it's, ama- it's amazing. It's a hard, hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. 37 years old. He was raised as a holy, as a holy person. And that's what uh, Rashi says. Raise him up and take him down again. Don't kill him. No, it is Hashem. No, it is Hashem says kill him. So interesting. Okay, so uh, so number two is love of a so love of a child is number one. Why is love of a child number one? Because that's instinctive. That's instinctive. We all love our children. Why? Because we love ourselves. A child, a person looks at a child and says, this is me. It's 50% me. I love my child. Why? Because he's me. I love myself. It's an extension of me. To love a spouse is harder than loving a child. It's very strange. You think a person would love their spouse before they love their child. No. A person doesn't even know what love is. Until you have a child, you don't really know what love is. You don't know what the feeling of giving uh, unconditionally is. Of being committed to something you don't even get anything back from. That's what love is. Love is committing to giving without receiving anything in return. And how do we know what that is? When you have a child, then you know what that is. I'm, I'm just uh, generalizing. Obviously, a person can learn what it is even without having a child. And I'm saying that's what it is. That's the feeling. That's what Torah wants to teach us, that love is dealing with a child. Having a child, then you know what love is. You hold that little baby, and you feel some kind of affection which you uh, never felt before in your life, and you feel it over there, the baby brings out that love. In you. Okay. So now you can take that love and say, oh, now I know what it is, and I can handle my spouse now, and I know what love to give. <laughs> Unfortunately, people don't do that. No. People don't give the same love. And in fact, that's a big mistake people make, is put the spouse after the child. No, the spouse has got to come before the child. So that's uh, my marriage class. is a different class. Okay. <laughs> okay. The spouse has got to come before the child because the spouse feels it. Spouse is number one. You've got to realize that. Spouse is number one more than the child. Yes, more than the child. Why? Because without the spouse, the child's also going to suffer. You need that spouse. Also, the child needs a spouse. So spouse is number one, child is number two. But the love that comes first is the love, the real love that you feel, the main love, the instinctive love is the love of a child. So we have love of a child, love of a spouse. What's next? What else? What else? Huh? doesn't say to love your parents. It says honor your parents, respect your parents. No way to say love your parents. In other words... Love is not the main thing. The Torah doesn't care about your love. The Torah cares about how you behave. As a parent, it's all about your behavior. So honoring parents is giving to them, is looking after them, uh, protecting them, uh, giving them food, giving them clothing. The says giving them food, giving them clothing. Uh, or parents is not arguing with them, not sitting in their seat, not st- standing up when they walk in. All these, these are different respect for parents. There's honor and respect, uh, giving to them and uh, looking after them and respecting them. But no one does say to love on parents. 
number three. You love your friend as yourself. Interesting. Love your love your friend as yourself. Rambam says, love those who do acts of friendship to you. There's no bit to love your enemy. It's to love your friend as yourself. But there's limits to how a person can a Jew, a Jew can behave with another Jew. You know how to, we said, we talked about it. You've got to speak respectfully, you've got to speak nicely about them, you've got to worry about their money, uh, you can't have benefit from their shame and embarrassment. Um, and then love of God, and then we have to make the gear, and then love of stranger. Five, five different kinds of love in the Torah. So interesting, the order of these five different kinds of love. It's very fascinating. So number one is love of a child. Why? Because that's instinctive. That's what you know what love is. Number two is love of a spouse. Because that's number two. So once you know what love of a child is, you can transfer that to a spouse. Once you practice on your spouse, then you can transfer it to others as well. Once you can transfer it to others, only then can you get to this idea that you can love something you can't even see. Love Hashem. And only after I love Hashem, then I can I love someone who came to join Hashem. Because this person is not related to me. This person is not from the same gene pool. This person has no relation at all. It's hard to love a stranger. So only after love God can I love someone else. So this is a mitzvah in the Torah. Number one is to love a fellow Jew. Number two is to love a ger. It's two mitzvot. Because it's a mitzvah of loving a Jew and a mitzvah of loving a ger. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Atzmo Ohev Gerim. Hashem loves converts. Shneemar Ohev Ger. Hashem loves converts. Uh, it says, to give him bread and clothing. So one of the, one of the gerim came to Rabbi Eliezer. It's a very strange case. Sorry, I can't remember the story. Uh, Ger came to Rabbi Eliezer. He says, "What's this? Hashem promised. That's it. He just what he gives me. He gives me bread and clothing. Hashem loves a convert to give bread and clothing." So Rabbi Eliezer, "What more do you want?" So even Yaakov Avinu. What does Yaakov Avinu pray for? Lechem lechol begel elvosh. So if it's enough for Yaakov Avinu, it should be enough for you. What are you worried about? He wasn't, he wasn't satisfied, but that's it. Hashem promised me just bread and clothing, that's enough. I came, did all this uh, service just to get closer to Hashem, this is what he gives me, just bread and clothing. He goes to Rabbi Yoshua. Baruch Hashem went to Rabbi Yoshua. So Rabbi Yoshua was a student of Beit Shammai. And Rabbi, Yeshua, Rabbi Yoshua was a student of Beit Hillel. Rabbi Yoshua says, ah, you're a girl. If you marry, if your daughter marries a Kohen, Hashem will give him the bread of the Korban. Hashem will give him the clothes of a Kohen. He can marry. He can marry. His daughter can marry a Kohen. His daughter can marry a Kohen. She's not a Ger. And uh, then his grandson can be a Kohen. And that's what it means. Hashem will give you bread and clothing. It's the bread of the Korbanot. It's the clothing of a Kohen. Oh, okay. He's very happy. Oh, he was thrilled. <laughs> that made his day. So he said, thank God there's rabbis are Rabbi Yeshua. <laughs> so that's uh, so it's interesting. So Hashem loves Gerim. Okay, now we come to the opposite. And this is, uh, we're in Halacha Hei, number five. A person who hates his fellow Jew in his heart. Transgressing a negative commandment. Don't hate your brother in your heart. Okay, so this is case, uh, case is uh, Yosef and his brothers. It says they couldn't speak good or bad to him. Why? says at least they didn't bear a grudge in their heart. They showed the hatred outside. Yeah. A person hates someone in their heart, the other person can't take any precautions. So that's the danger. You hate someone in your heart, you can't take precautions. Um, but it's it's a horrible mitzvah because it really ruins the person's heart inside. We talked how important yesterday we talked about how the importance of a person's thoughts. And the five students from Yochan Ben Zakeh, what is the most important thing a person should do? What's the most important trait? We said the most important trait is the heart. But should have a good heart. So what is a good heart? David Amelach says in Psalm 20, 24, right? Who will climb the mountain of God? Clean hands, but a pure heart. What's a pure heart? A pure heart is a person who doesn't have any hatred in their heart. That's not one. Only has good things in their heart. Their thoughts are always positive about people. It's very hard. It's very hard to have always positive thoughts about people. And especially a person who's paranoid, paranoia, whatever, this guy's going to try me, take this job, and time to do this, this guy's trying to do this to me. So it's very hard. So a person's going to work on their traits. Part of the trait is the inside, the thoughts inside. 
And then we talked about Teshuvah yesterday. So just like a person is going to do Teshuvah from the bad deeds, a person is going to be Teshuvah from the bad traits. Oh boy. How do you do Teshuvah from bad traits? It's much harder to do Teshuvah from bad traits than do Teshuvah from bad deeds. So one of the worst traits is bad thoughts about others all the time. A person thinks bad about it. This one's bad. This one's bad. This one's bad. I hate this one. I hate this one. It's terrible. But you see this. That's Sinat Hinam. That's, that's why the second temple was destroyed. Gedalia was killed. Why? Because they hated him. For no reason. Because he was, they thought he was a puppet of the king of Babylon. Well, kill him, he's a traitor. Let's kill him. But the truth is, he was helping the Jews. Uh, he was keeping them under, he was keeping them in a civil society at that time. They could live in Israel at least. So, not to hate someone in your heart. A person who say hate someone in their heart is transgressing a negative commandment. As it says, don't hate your brother in your heart. However, Elohim loves it. There's no action. It's a negative commandment which just applies in the heart. There's no punishment. The Beit cannot punish a person. It's interesting. The Torah only, only commanded us on hatred inside. But a person who shows the hatred by hitting someone or, or, uh, or uh, shouting at them or calling them names does not transgress hatred of the heart. But he's transgressing something else. Obviously, you're not allowed to hit someone, you're not allowed to curse someone. So that could be, that's already uh, punishable in the baiting. You can take someone to court for that. Right? Someone hits you, take to court. Goes you civil damages. Uh, someone calls your name, you take to court. Civil damages, civil suit. But a person just hates you in your heart, you can't do anything to him, you don't even know about it. How are you going to take him to court? Anyway. So that's between you and between man and God. It's interesting. Suppose that's the shuba, it's between man and God. I hate it in my heart, only God knows about it, and therefore it's between me and God, and therefore I can do the shuba much easier. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. But once I take out my anger on the person, it's between me and it's man and man and man and God. It's much much more complicated. Once you start talking Lashon about someone, it's worse. If you just have it in your heart, you can say bad things in your heart. <laughs> I hate that guy. I can't stand that guy. I can't stand him. It's, it drives me crazy. Da, 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 da. It's inside. As long as it's inside, you didn't, didn't do anything. It's not allowed to hate a person. You've got to overcome it. You've got to do teshuva. But it's still something you can control, and it's still something that is not out there yet. Once it's out there, it's much harder to do teshuva, because then it's between man and man as well as man and God. So it's interesting. This is part of character traits. Who we like and who we don't like and who we, who we love and who we're meant to love and who we're meant to look after and who we're meant to help and who we're not meant to help and who we hate and who we don't hate. It's all part of character traits. That's what Rabbam said us. All these laws are part of character traits. It's an attitude to life. It's an attitude to other people. Our attitudes to others are part of our character traits. A person cannot think that attitudes to others are divorced from our character traits. Our attitudes to others are based on our character traits. So your attitudes to others show what your character traits are. If you're helpful to others and you like other people, that's a good character. You have already good character traits. You learn these good character traits. You can, you're outside your ego. You're beating down your Yitzhah Because Yitzhah is just pure ego. What can I get? And a lot of people are just, what, what's in it for me? The guy's a wealthy guy, I'll go butter him up. The guy's a poor man, take with him. I don't care about poor people. You know the joke in uh, Manhattan? There's a very, very rich synagogue. And there's a uh, Jewish tramp. There's a guy, homeless. He comes there, comes going into the shul, and uh, he tries to be part of the minyan, tries to be part of the breakfast club, da 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 da. He tries to break in, whatever. And uh, he wants to be a member of the shul. He goes around and says, "Oh, I'd like to be a member of the shul." I says, "I don't think this is for you. you know, this shul is not really for you." So, why don't you go home and think about it? Oh, he has no home to go. He's sleeping on the street. <laughs> so he goes home, comes back the next day. He says, "Rabbi, you know." I had a dream last night. Hashem came to me in a dream. He said, don't go to that shul. He says, I've been trying for many years, and, and I couldn't get it. <laughs> so it, that's the way it is. It's, uh, so it's unfortunate. A lot of people are just social climbers. People don't want to associate people, help people lower than them. That's, that's one thing we have in our, in our community today. It's very, very lucky it's to live in this town. Everyone's helpful. Shuls. Everyone, uh, everyone I know in this town is sadikim. They're sadikim. Sadikim. They're helpful, and everyone says that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Everyone mm-hmm. says that. Hey, all newcomers to the town say that people are so helpful, people are so generous, people are so inviting. <laughs> it's, it's unique. It's unique. It's it really totally is amazing. Unique. It's fantastic, and that's we have to keep it going. And that's what I was talking about. That's part of the character traits. That's how you build character traits. And the children see this, and there's Russia. Be a good influence on them as well. 
So it's a very, very important trait. These are very important traits. These are traits of Abraham Avinu. That's what Hashem, that's what we're saying. We have to learn to be like Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu was Ish Chesed. He was personified. And we have to be like that. Not to hate someone in our hearts. Be, be loving and kind. Obviously, obviously some people don't be suspicious of. Doesn't mean you have to hate. Okay. We're on Vav. When a person does something bad to you, how do you reply? How do you respond? What do you do? Don't just be quiet and bear grudges. Oh boy. Some people just, you know, they just don't say anything, but they hate that person inside. It happened to me in high school. I did something to another kid. He didn't say, say a thing till me till the day we graduated. I hate you. So what? Why? You did, 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 did. Forgive me, please. No, I'll never forgive you. Last day of school. Can we give me a break? For goodness sake, no. That's being mean. That's, that's nasty. That's, tell someone you did something. That's what the Ram is telling us. Don't hate someone in your heart. Where do we see this in the Torah? Avshalom. Who's Avshalom? The beloved son of David Abelech. What happens? Unfortunately, tragic, tragic story. Amnon and Tamar. Amnon was another son of David, who is a half brother, and allowed to marry Tamar. He wasn't really related to Tamar. Um, and Avshalom was her brother. Instead of marrying her, he raped her. Terrible story. Terrible disaster. And from that time on, we have this gazira: not to be alone. You're allowed to be have yichud even with a woman who you're allowed to marry. Jewish law. So in, not, in, uh, in Torah law, a man is not allowed to be alone with a woman he's not allowed to marry. One on one, to be alone and locked up in the same room and uh, no one has access to the house or whatever it is to sleep alone in the room with that or, so, or in the house with someone like that. It's Asur from the Torah. And then Rabbi uh, David Amelech made his gazera on a Pnuya. Even a single woman you can't be alone with. Why? Because what happened was Amnon and Tamar, he rapes his sister. His, she wasn't really sister, she was raped by blood. Um, and Abshalom, the brother, doesn't say anything. Doesn't rebuke him, doesn't say anything. Three years later, he invites him to a party and he kills him over there. So that is, Ramam says, don't be like that. Don't just bear a grudge and then take out vengeance later on. It's a mitzvah to tell him. Why did you do this to me? Why did you do so-and-so to me? This is beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? Otherwise, most people don't know what's going on. Most people, you hurt someone's feelings, but you, you don't feel anything. Maybe I said something small, I hurt someone's feeling. But I didn't get anything, feedback that I hurt their feelings. I don't even know I hurt their feelings. 20 years later, the guy tells me, you hurt my feelings, I hate you for 20 years later. Or well, sometimes he won't even say that. They won't even tell you, they just hate you. It's terrible. The Rama says, it's not the way you should behave. The mitzvah of the Torah is, you will surely rebuke your friend. Straight away, he goes to the brother and says, what have I done to you? Why do you do this to me? I did it to you? I'm really, yeah, I'm so sorry. Usually that's the general response. Person says, mean, I'll tell you I'm mean. Okay, and I have a reason to hate him. Okay. It doesn't mean you have to hate him, it means you have to fix him, you have to rebuke him. So it's very important not to be quiet. It depends. If a person can just control says, listen, it was a small thing, I don't care, just water up a duck's back, it's going to pass away, I don't care, I don't bear any grudges, that's the best. Obviously, that's the best. But if a person can't, it's something bigger. So you have to go to the person and say, listen, why do you do this to me? Tell me, I'm, I helped you so much. And usually what happens is the person helps someone, it comes back to haunt them. I don't know, for some reason. Why do, why do you do this to me? So it's very important to tell, talk. Don't bear grudges inside. Very important. For your own welfare, for your own personal welfare. How many people have sleepless nights because of things happened in the office, or things happened in school, or things happened here, or things happened here? But sleep, sleepless nights. So instead of talking it over with a cup of coffee, you know, when I learned to be a rabbi, the Rashiva says, you know, you have to get along with your president. It's so hard to get along with your president. <laughs> you have to get along with the president. So the secret is a cup of coffee. Oh, and talk things over a cup of coffee. So usually. Listen, if you have the best interests of the shul in mind, you have the best interests of the community in mind, you can work things out. Because you have the same interests, same goals. Same applies in marriage. If you have the same goals, you're going in the same direction. So why are we fighting? We're going in the same direction. We want to go in the same direction. So let's discuss how to do it. 
you know, like grown-ups. And that's, that's the way to deal with these issues. But hating people inside and not being able to, some people can't talk. Some people just can't. They can't get it out. They're so hurt inside. It's hard to get that hurt out. And when they do get it out, sometimes it comes out very badly. So you've got to calm down to the point where you can actually talk about it in a nice way. Not scream and shout and go crazy because then it hurts the other party and then they go crazy. So it's very important to get it out. Sometimes you need a third party. It's a very, it's a, this is a very complicated issue because human beings get hurt very badly inside. And sometimes a person depends on the self-esteem of the person. Low self-esteem, the more they get hurt. So a person who's, who's doing well, they don't normally get hurt as a person not doing so well. So when you're down and out and you get, someone hits you, it's much worse. You feel much worse. It's hard to get over it. It's much, much, more, much more hurt. And if the person asks forgiveness, you have to forgive. A person should not be cruel. Imagine. And not forgive. A person says, you know what? Bear a grudge. I don't, I'm not going to forgive you. That's not the way of a Jew. A Jew forgives. A Jew has to forgive. And cruel people, we don't. Those are the people that we... Uh, and says the Givonim. Who are the Givonim? Let's wake everyone up. Who are the Givonim? Guys, who are the Givonim? Quickly. So it says the Givonim came. They pretended to come from far away to Yoshua. I want to make a peace treaty with you, Yoshua. They came with dry bread. They came with dust on their, on their clothes. They made a peace treaty with Yoshua. And Yoshua finds out they are one of those tribes living in Canaan. Who well, has a mitzvah to throw out? And they fooled him. He said, listen, we have a peace treaty, what can I do? Once a Jew signs a peace treaty, you can't break it. So he made them the water drawers and the wood choppers for the Mishkan, for the temple. And they had that job for many years until King Saul came along. King Saul came along. He said, these are people who came with false pretenses. I abrogate the treaty. They lose their jobs. A lot of them lost their livelihoods. A lot of them died of starvation. King Saul. In the time of King David, there's a famine. God, why is there a famine? Said so because of what Saul did to the Gibbonim. So David calls the Gibbonim and says, Tell me, what do you want? We'll pay reparations. We'll pay anything you want. What do you want? We want to make you happy. We want to kill all the descendants of King Saul. Give them all to us. We'll kill them all. Because he hurt us and we want to kill him. He says, Forgive them. They're not guilty. The children, why are the children guilty? The father did it. We don't care. So David says, Okay. Obviously, Hashem wants this to happen makes the sons of Shal walk in front of the Aaron. Whoever couldn't leave, put to death. Terrible. And then David makes a rule, no one is allowed to marry these people. They're cruel people. They don't have the nature of Tal Israel. They can't forgive. So it's very important. Listen, Jews are crazy. We're crazy. We forgive. We're crazy. We buy German cars. We buy German goods. We go back to Germany. Mad! We're mad! Spain! I'm going to go back to Spain. Okay. I killed you once. You want to kill, kill them again. Okay. You know how many times we were killed in Germany? People don't realize that. Look at German history. Ashkenazim nearly died out. People don't realize. I'm going to talk about it in the next coming weeks in my history class. Jews of Ashkenazim nearly killed many times over. Every time. Crusade, kill them all. Smash them all. Hundreds of thousands were killed. It wasn't for one rabbi who wrote down all the customs of Ashkenazim. There'd be no Ashkenazim today. The Mario wrote down all the customs of Ashkenazim. So the Ashkenazim really ran away from Germany. They moved to Poland. That's how they escaped. <laughs> Poland. Right. <laughs> and then it happened in Poland. Germany, yeah, it. yeah. but for hundreds of years, people live in Poland. Poland was the most hospitable country in Europe for Jews. People don't realize that. Okay. So a person's going to forgive. That's a sign of a Jew. So number one is don't keep quiet. That's also a sign of a Jew. Jews don't like keeping quiet. <laughs> You do something to me, I talk about it. Hey, why do you do this to me? Hey, tell me, what happened to you? What happened to you? Well, why do you do it? I don't deserve it. Why do you, why do, you do this to me? <clears throat> and the guy says, I did? I'm very sorry. That's also a sign of a Jew. That's forgiveness. And the guy is meant to say, yeah, you're really serious? I'll forgive you. That's the best way to do these the situations. And that's what Rambam says. It's a good traits. These are good traits. To talk about it, get it off your chest. Obviously, not to say in public, not to humiliate the person in public, take him by the side, why do you do this to me? Take him in a quiet room, talk to him nicely, why do you do this to me? And the guy says, you know, I didn't realize, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it caused you so much hurt, I'm really, really sorry, and then forgive him. That's the way it should be. That's, that's good, that's good traits. 
But don't hate someone in your heart. Don't bear grudges. And a person who uh, should forgive should be cruel. How do we learn it from? It says the king of Sodom. Oh, actually, what's the king of Sodom? Sorry. The king of, of uh, Philistine. Abimelech. Abimelech takes Sarah. Can you imagine? You take your wife somewhere and they say, Who is she? She's my sister. Esther. You're a liar. Why do you say my sister? Well, I knew these guys are going to kill me. If I say it's my wife, they'll kill me and take her. So she's my sister. And they still took her. They took her anyway. Abimelech takes her as his wife. And Hashem punishes Abimelech. And Abimelech has a dream. Why? Hashem comes in a dream. I wish I had a dream. Hashem comes to me in a dream. Imagine Hashem comes to Abimelech in a dream only because of Abraham Avinu. Abimelech, the wicked Abimelech. Hashem comes to Abimelech in a dream. Imagine. How many people have dreams of God comes to them in a dream only because of Abraham Avinu? Amazing. Bishud Abraham Avinu, Abimelech sees God. And God says, Abimelech, you took this man's wife. And I said, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't know. He said, told me, he said, my hands are clean. My hands are clean. <laughs> Don't punish me. Hashem says, okay, go and ask him to pray for you. Go and ask Abraham to pray for you. And uh, so apparently, Abraham, uh, Abimelech, his, his wife couldn't have children anymore. Hashem closed off everything. All the wombs, everything was closed off. And uh, so he goes to Abraham, I'm very sorry, Abraham, please, I didn't know. You told me to your sister. Uh, pray for me. And Abraham prays for Abimelech. So it says, as soon as Abraham prays for Abimelech to have children, Abraham has children. Sarah's answer. But the Letzanei Hador, the jokers of the generation, said she really had a child from Abimelech. Right, right. That's the reason why. So you see all the jokers, we're always jokers, right? The jokers never stop. The Leitzane Hador, the joke, the scorners of the generation, always have some commentary going on. Okay, so we talked about uh, loving a fellow Jew, loving a convert. We talked about not hating someone one's heart. We talked about how to deal with people when they do wrong to you, uh, to ask forgiveness. Now we come to, what about in general? You see someone involved in the wrong behavior. This is much harder. Because now you're not related to that person. You just see your friend who's going in the wrong direction. What do you do? Today, it's very hard to say anything. Because what rights do you have to say anything? Mind your own business. You know? Who are you? Take, take, take your nose somewhere else. Go stick your nose somewhere else. So this is Zion. But we have to realize. And then, call Yisrael, Arabim, Zelazeh. Every single Jew is responsible for his fellow Jew. Wow, that's so hard. It's probably the hardest job we have, is to be responsible for someone else. I'm responsible! But if you could have said something, if you could have done something, you're responsible. If you knew something and you didn't do anything, you could have done something, you're responsible. Wait, I'm responsible. Why am I responsible? Where do you learn this from? You all gathered today before the Lord your God. What's, uh, what do you mean we're all gathered together? We're all gathered together. Now we're all responsible for each other. All one. All Klan Israel is one. All Klan Israel are one. We're all in the same boat together, unfortunately. We're all in the same boat. This famous story, the guy goes in his cabin and drills a hole in his cabin. Oh, that Remember that story? Yes. Hey, what, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to ruin the boat. Yeah, but it's my cabin. Yeah, but part of the boat. The cabin's part of the boat. But you tell that to a single Jew, you're ruining the Jewish people. Well, it's my, it's my life. I don't care about anyone else. Well, you're part of Israel. You're part of the boat. You don't realize it. We don't realize we're all part of one entity. That's the trouble. That's our problem. Our problem is we don't feel like we're one entity. You know, there's a famous story of Shlomo Melech. There was a man with two heads. Those days they had people. Until today you have people born like that. What are they called? Mm -hmm. Siamese twins, whatever. So the guy had two heads. Imagine, two heads. Okay. Comes to Shlomo Melech. My father died, and we had four brothers, and we split the property. Okay, so the oldest gets double portion. Okay, I don't. Fine. So what happens is five brothers. So the first one gets. So he split the property in six parts, right? The first one gets two parts, and the rest gets one each. But I have two heads. I'm two people. Right? Two heads. One head says I'm one person. The other I'm the other person. <laughs> so I get two parts, right? Shlomo Melech, I get two parts. Shlomo Melech says, "Bring me a kettle of hot water." <laughs> kettle of hot water. What are you doing with the kettle of hot water? Crazy. 
pour one head. And the other guy screams, ow! See, you're one person. <laughs> What's the definition of one person? When a Jew in the Soviet Union is suffering and you feel the pain, you're one person. When a Jew around the world, it's terrible. I just read the news today. Uh, chief rabbi of, of Mexico's son-in-law, another rabbi, died in the earthquake. So we feel that, we feel the pain. So it's not a joke. It's not, he's caught in an office building. He happened to be in the office building. The office building collapsed. Oi. So we feel the pain. The person feels the pain. So Israel sent, imagine, a mission, army, to help with the earthquake. That's feeling someone else's pain. That's, that's Am Yisrael. That's Klal Yisrael. Feeling the pain of another Jew. Anywhere in the world. That's how we're meant to feel. So that's how we're meant to feel. That's Klal Yisrael. Every Jew is responsible for a fellow Jew. It's very hard. Because I want to help. I really want it. I want it to change. I want it to be better. I want it to do this. But how much can I do? Harayt Habero, person sees his friend. Shechata was sinning. It's going the wrong ways. It's a mitzvah on the person to bring him back. How do you do this? And to rebuke him. As it says, rebuke the person. <clears throat> so how do you do this? How do you, how do you it's the wrong with us? Okay, this is the mitzvah from the Torah. Let's go through it and we'll discuss it. This is really what Kiruv is all about today. Suppose it does this by doing Kiruv. So if you can't do Kiruv, pay the experts to do the Kiruv. <laughs> so many organizations out there. There's so many good organizations doing Kiruv today. It's fantastic. Just what I'm sure they do Kiruv as well. People come in from the streets. They come in here. What a question. Thank God people are coming, people are interested. But what about the people who are leaving? That's the trouble. Mm-hmm. It's an escalator. It's an escalator going up and the escalator going down. Okay, we have to come back to this next week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.